The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about the use of technology and how it impacts our kids. Joining us is Lomit Patel, who is the Chief Growth Officer at Tinker, which is the world's leading K-12 creative coding platform, enabling students of all ages to develop coding skills and design power animation, games, music, robots, drones, smart devices, virtual worlds like Minecraft, and more. And today, Lomit and I are going to discuss marketing to children. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Lomit Patel, the Chief Growth Officer at Tinker. Lomit, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Hi, Benjamin. Excited to be here. Thrilled to have you as our guest and excited to talk about uh, marketing to a group of people that we don't often think about marketing to, which is children. You're in a really interesting space. Oddly enough, I've got a new neighbor who moved in across the street from me, and he worked on a uh, basically Internet for Kids website, which is just starting. So I've been thinking a little bit about marketing and building tech apps just because of who my neighbor is. You're already in this space. Tell me a little bit about Tinker and what do you guys do and how do you think about your target market? Yeah, Tinker's been around for just over 10 years now, and we're the leading coding platform to teach kids and teens how to code. And we are in over 100,000 schools with over 60 million kids that uses. So we're definitely trusted by both schools and kids. That's a tricky one because there's all sorts of organizations. It's not like you're going direct to consumer. You're not even going direct to guardian. You're going to an institution that probably has a central buying. You know, you're going through a district that then filters down to the schools. Then you have to get individual teachers and then kids and probably some parent consent as well to use your product. There's a whole chain of people that have to be comfortable with your products and services when you're in a, I don't know if it's a regulated industry, but an industry that has so many buyers or people that are potentially thinking about your products and their impact on the end consumer, how do you market? What's the strategy there? Yeah, so we have two ways in terms of how we go about marketing ourselves. One is primarily through schools and working through school districts. That's generally the B2B strategy where we 
work through different school districts where a lot of them, especially elementary and middle schools and some high schools, where a lot of them are focused on trying to implement some form of STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and math curriculum exposure to the kids. And so that's where Tinker really helps out because through learning to code, it really gets kids to really think about all of those other areas as well. And then beyond that, the other area where we are really growing is the direct consumer side, which is the home side of the business. And so early on, you mentioned in terms of our key segments, schools is one, but parents is, is another audience that we've really been doing a much better job on trying to reach out to as well to try and get parents more aware of the benefits of coding, especially because the product that we offer through schools doesn't really provide the full experience of everything that they can get through a home product. So that's more of a subscription product that really requires sort of buying from parents to really pay for it. So Loman, I understand that you're marketing primarily to school districts or parents, but the product is for kids. Are there rules or regulations, some sort of guidelines that you have to follow when you're building a product for people that have legal guardians, you know, under 18 youth? Yes, you definitely have to be um, COPA compliant, which is the regulations that you have to follow when it comes to marketing to minors, especially around how you market to them and how you use and store their data. So that's something that's really important to us at Tinker, where we try to be really careful around how we collect that data and in terms of like how we store and use that data. For the most part, it's really important for us to ensure that we continue to build that trust, not only with the different school districts, because we work primarily through them, but also with the kids that use our product in terms of we don't really track or sell or any of that stuff that other businesses may do to try and monetize. The way we monetize is primarily through either the schools paying for our product or through a subscription that parents would pay for. Interesting. What was the regulatory body or the guidelines that you mentioned? COPA, C-O-P-A. COPA. Yeah. So what is COPA? I think it's a child protection agency for the data. Okay. So the Child Protection Agency has rules, and you mentioned that you can't capture and store children's data to some extent. What are the do's of what you can do in terms of data collection and targeting, and what can't you do? So for example, we can't sort of track minors that come to our website for retargeting. So we don't collect cookies, for example, on users that are under 13 that come to our site. We don't send like email messages to minors. A lot of that requires a lot more explicit opt-in and, and permissions. So for the most part, what we try to do with minors is a lot of their accounts get associated either through a school. So the school sets up the account and then adds in the kids. And that's how we are able to communicate or provide the service to them. Or if a child wants to create an account, it requires a parent to provide permissions for the child to get the Tinker service. So in either case, it requires an adult to verify and validate those accounts. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. 
No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. It's one of the things that I never really thought about My sister, she's five years older than I am and had her kids a little younger. So she would warn me about things when I had kids. You got to watch out when you're watching the basketball games at night because the scary commercials come along. And I was like, Beth, that's ridiculous. You're like watching your children and trying to stop them from seeing commercials and ads on TV. How bad is it? And now that I've got a two and a six year old, I sit at home and we can be watching, you know, the Warriors play basketball. And if it's in October, I am holding the remote watching as quickly as I can to pause the ads because they market horror movies in October because it's Halloween and they want to market their movies. And it happens during television that's on late at night. And obviously, this isn't something that is specifically targeting children, but advertising can potentially be harmful to children. It's not just about collecting the right information. It's the message and imagery that they can see can really have a negative impact on them. I also see, you know, on things like YouTube or YouTube kids, there's advertising injected there. How do you think about advertising towards children? You know, I see all sorts of ads that pop up in front of my kids. And I wonder what the rules, regulations, guidelines, and ethics are related to it. Tell me about what you think when it comes to advertising a product to children specifically. I can speak to how we think about this at Tinker. A lot of the advertising that we do is on digital channels, so like Google and Facebook. And for the most part, they don't really allow you to target minors anyway. So it's not like we're explicitly trying to sort of go and target kids on those channels. A lot of our advertising is primarily targeted towards parents and teachers because those are kind of key stakeholders that we feel that can influence kids and encourage kids to want to get into coding and try our product. Another thing that we try to do, which is less around paid advertising, but a big part of our growth really comes from content marketing and SEO. So we do a lot of like content marketing on our site. We have a lot of blog articles that we put out that really just educates the benefits of coding and how it helps kids to not only learn coding, but how it also helps them create other life skills like critical thinking, problem solving, being creative, being more resilient, working in teams. And a lot of those soft skills are really valued by parents who want to see their kids 
it sort of be fully developed into learning all of those other elements as well. And then I guess one thing that we've tried to do at Tinker that really makes the products really popular with kids is we try to gamify a lot of our experiences. And so we have a free offering on the product. So we have a freemium business model. So we provide a lot of free content, which really enables kids to really get in and start learning the concepts of block coding. And as they start learning that, they're able to kind of progress because we have over 5,000 different courses that are available and different levels. But for the most part, it's really around creating these gamified experiences. So kids are just creating different concepts around building different projects that we have around game design, around creating websites or creating apps, but things that they find really fun and interesting. And as you can imagine, we have a huge community. Yeah, marketing to any business, especially a business for kids, building a huge community is really the moat. That's the thing that really gets the value. And we have over 60 million users that use Tinker. So we have a huge community of kids who end up becoming creators and they're creating all of these projects and they're sharing those projects with other kids in the community. And that's how the virality kind of builds up where kids are telling other kids about their projects and sharing it. And then other kids get to know about it. And as they post those projects, we get a lot of great SEO content that gets created through user-generated content, which ends up being discovered on places like Google search and on YouTube. Yeah, it's interesting that you are marketing towards a group of people which you can't get direct access to. And so from an awareness building perspective, that's a huge challenge, right? You can't just put ads in front of the people that you want to then go ask the end buyer to use the product. And I think of this kind of as a comparison to the B2B buying motion, right? If you were at a SaaS startup and the CEO is a high profile executive, you're not going to get access to that person. You can't market to them. Chances are they're not going to see your ads. There are so many filters and protections shielding that person from being inundated with ads. So in an odd way, what your marketing strategy is trying to get virality and get some sort of momentum within this organization to then go to the end consumer and say, hey, here's something that we really should think about. And in your case, it's actually going down instead of up where it's not the users are getting together and say, we really want this tool. Let's go to our CEO and hope that they buy it. It's all the parents got together and said, hey, we bought this tool. We hope that you use it. How do you think about building awareness with kids who are going to be the end consumers? I can give you an example of a use case that we do. And the simplest way to think about our business is it's kind of like a three-sided marketplace. We have teachers who potentially can influence the kids to try Tinker. We have parents who can potentially influence the kids. And then we have the kids who can potentially influence their parents that they want to get Tinker because kids can't potentially register without their parents' approval on the site. So in order to get the awareness to the schools, that's primarily done through school districts because we target different school districts that have the funding for STEM programs that include coding. So that's kind of our, our segue into building those relationships. And we have a pretty strong sales team that really builds and nurtures a lot of those relationships, kind of like the B2B it's more of a longer lead time to close a lot of those deals. But a lot of that is done through in-person meetings and face-to-face -face negotiations. 
in order to influence the parents, that's where we focus a lot of our paid marketing efforts because we're able to target parents and we're able to target parents. And we sort of know, for example, if parents have kids that are in elementary school or middle school or high school. And so we can come up with different types of creative messages that resonate with parents at different life stages of their parent journey. There's always this challenge, whether you're at a large organization with a high profile executive or whether you're marketing to kids, there is the people that you have to build awareness from, your internal sellers. And then there's the end decision makers. There's also the people that are using the products. It's not always the same person. It requires a multiple prong marketing strategy, something we can all learn, even if we're talking about marketing to kids. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Lomit Patel, the Chief Growth Officer at Tinker. Join us again tomorrow when Lomit and I continue our conversation talking about the rise of lean AI. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Lomit, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Patel Lom, that's P-A-T-E-L-L-O-M. Or you can visit his company's website, which is tinker.com, T-Y-N-K-E-R.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.